Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35 plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at vlcm.com. And welcome to the Cyber 24 podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping businesses and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. My name is Marty Carpenter of 24-9. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and government relations. This week, well, let's just say it's one that Facebook will not soon forget and for all the wrong reasons. First, a whistleblower made allegations on 60 Minutes on Sunday and uh, before Congress later in the week that the social media giant incentivizes angry posts that cause division. And on Monday, Facebook, along with Instagram and WhatsApp, platforms owned by Facebook, were down for nearly six hours. But Facebook says the problem was not the result of an outside bad actor breaking through its security, but rather a self-inflicted wound we're going to jump in on that issue and the fallout that comes from Facebook being down for six hours. Our guest this week is Mike Hussey, the former CIO for the state of Utah. Mike Hussey, I think it's fair to say Facebook had a rough week. I, I think that's fair to say yes, <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> well, one of the more memorable weeks that they're going to go through probably in, in their history, or at least that they have to this point. And for a company where it's been a lot of just straight up trajectory, right? To hit uh, some bumps in the road along the way that certainly every company's had those. Facebook is is no exception to that. Uh, but this has got to be right there ranked with some of their worst, uh, their worst several days in, in company history. Oh, so I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it is. I, I was going to say, I'm sure it was the, the worst week for Facebook, but you know, if you always look for a silver lining, it might've been the most productive week for the planet because everybody could not get into Facebook or get into, uh, you know, WhatsApp and all those things that go with Facebook. Yeah. So can you help us understand uh, what happened with Facebook? Tell us what went wrong and just walk us through sort of the overall situation so that we're all on the same page about what exactly went on. Because I think most people just know, Hey, Facebook was down for six hours. That was really bad for them. But what was the nature of the problem? No, that's a great question because early on there was a lot of speculation. Like, hey, you know, hackers have jumped in. They've they've found a backdoor to get into Facebook and and take it down. You know, there's a lot of uh, bad actors out there trying to always look at the, look for that open door. But from what I can tell and what it seems to be that Facebook has even kind of uh, stated is that they uh, they had a, a human error. So somebody was actually reconfiguring uh, something called BGP is a, a routing algorithm that routes between uh, these autonomous systems. So you might have a, a Facebook and a Google and an Amazon out there. And the routing that occurs between all of this is that routing is uh, using this algorithm called BGP, Border Gateway Protocol. And somebody actually made a tweak to that algorithm or to the, the configuration and pushed that out, which in essence knocked down all of the routes that come into Facebook. And so, you know, it was just, it was human error. Um, you could actually, I, I've seen some diagrams of people replaying some of these, uh, these routes that exist on the internet and you could just see them fall off one after another. They're trying to reroute. So picture um, BGP would be like, if you had to go from, from uh, Salt Lake city to, 
uh, Colorado uh, to Denver, uh, it it would route that you know you might use Google Maps or or Siri to kind of map your path, and it would show you maybe a couple of options and say, hey, if you go this option, it's eight hours and twenty three minutes. If you go this way, it's seven hours and fifty six minutes, and so it shows you the route and the cost. And that's kind of what BGP does. It, it can kind of have these routes and the cost of taking that route. And so it's a very smart algorithm to network between all of these entities. And, uh, and if you try and tweak that, tweak that route and say, oh, yeah, that's the route I want to take or that's my preferred route, then those things start to, to fall apart if you actually hit, hit it wrong. And so from what I can tell, an employee committed a change to BGP and uh, blew up all of the routes to come in for inbound uh, Facebook options and in essence took Facebook off off the internet for about six hours. When you say they messed with the the source code uh, or to this to this type of code, uh, it, it reminds me of the first job I ever had where I actually had to put out like a, a an email newsletter. Yeah, and it was at the time. This will date me a little bit, but I'll I'll say this: at least the organization was was behind the curve. So I was using something even outdated at the time. But we were using Microsoft Front Page oh, to yeah. make to I make this uh, you know this email, and essentially with that you would just go mess with code, and so you could literally change like one keystroke. And then flip and back over gets, to see what it looked like, and it looked and, it went from like what you were building to a Picasso. All of a sudden. <laughs> right. So was it was it just as simple as someone could have had one typo in this, or was it is there more involved than just that? No, I, I believe it maybe was that simple where they just uh, it could have just been um, one little small error in the code that or the configuration that they were pushing, and then of course that gets replicated and. Uh, um, it could be as simple as I, I, I did a lot of uh, development on SAS, um, which was a, a statistical analysis package back in, high, in college days. And if you forgot a period at the end of the statement, just by one period, it was like turning your, your whole code into a Picasso, a Picasso where it would just fall apart. And so it could have been as easy as forgetting a dot. I mean, that's the kind of the simplicity and, and how careful you have to be. Now, a lot of times too, there's a, they, they kind of push things carefully. You know, that's one thing that Facebook's really notorious for is how careful they are with things they push out. I don't know if they had a dev environment that, that they tried to test some of these changes or, or they thought, oh, this is just a, such a minor tweak. We're going to make this small minor change. But for it to proliferate across all of Facebook's routers was really unfortunate. And again, just yanked them right off the map. And so much so, um, I think we'll probably want to talk about this too. It, it, it's Facebook, Facebook is focused on its defense mechanisms. And so, you know, you want to shore up not just, uh, you know, your, your cybersecurity, but your physical security as well. And so the physical security was tied to um, those servers and so when those servers fell off, they even lost access to the building. And, and so they, they're trying to enter the building. Well, they can no longer do it remotely. So the developers are now, they've kicked themselves out of the ability to fix it. And then when they try and come into a building to try and fix it, they can't even enter the building. Their badge access wasn't working. Um, they couldn't get in. Uh, they're trying to get in to figure out how to do it. And, and again, we've spent so much time on shoring up our defenses that when you when you have something that fails like that, 
you even lock yourself out. Now, what's the alternative? I mean, we've talked a lot about these things on Cyber 24, where you're always about shoring up those defenses. So what happens when something goes wrong and, and you can't get around them yourself? And that's why you need those contingency plans about how to get around even your own defenses sometimes. And I think that's what Facebook, I think that's what delayed them fixing the issue for six hours was they could not get back in and, and reconfigure the BGP uh, configuration change that was made. Yeah, it's really interesting that they would not be able to even physically get into the buildings. Obviously, I'm sure that sent uh, a level of panic <laughs> that was already pretty high up even higher. You know, besides getting into buildings, the the as I understand it, there were internal services employees needed to address the problem. You know, whatever internal system they used to message uh, or to email, uh, that that all of this was impacted. And so, yeah, they essentially locked not only locked themselves out physically, but locked out locked themselves out of their ability to. Uh, to address the issue from the outside, but uh, really lost to some extent their ability to communicate with each other about their inability to do other things. I mean, it, <laughs> well, it took a tech company and made it essentially passing notes back and forth that were written. Uh, <laughs> and you, you can imagine a company like Facebook, it's it's probably not too ridiculous to say, someone probably had to go, where, where are pens and paper? <laughs> right? right, like we're, you know, We're a paperless company to some extent. Where, where do I find a pen and a paper to get this done? No, that's exactly right. It's interesting. It, from back to my maps analogy, if you can imagine um, trying to to go from Salt Lake City to Denver, and all of a sudden Denver has fallen off the map, and you're trying to get into Denver, and there's no roads in or out. So if you're in Denver, you can't get out, and if you're outside of Denver, you can't get in. And so they were just an island unto themselves, and sometimes. Even among all their data centers, they're in their own islands. They, they it took a lot of recovery to get those islands talking together and to to create this what they call an autonomous system, where you have a big provider like Facebook um, that has a very large presence on the web. All of a sudden, is broken up into its own little silo. So yeah, even the internal communications was shot. Um, you know, I, I I think those are the kinds of Again, I think they you you err on the side of defense, but how do you get around that when it goes south? And this is what this is what the fallout from what you see. You look at a company like Facebook, and they become as a tech company, and as you know, the ah uh, or the tech giant, one of the handful of tech giants. You know, they they essentially can build their own system, right? Where they they have tools in place where, like, hey, we rely on. We don't, we don't go out and get another company to run our email. We're Facebook. We have our own kind of email. We do all these things inside. I'm sure the same could probably be said for Google, for example. Like I doubt Google uses Outlook. They use Gmail and that's their system, right? And so right. maybe it's something that's unique to these tech giant type companies. But is there something to be learned by businesses here that having all your eggs in one basket is a vulnerability for you and saying, hey, I, maybe I don't necessarily want to have all of my cloud storage with Google and all of my email with Google and all of my security systems and my physical security. Is there a benefit? I mean, I, I suppose you're sort of rolling the dice either way. It's you're either all in with one company or you mix it up and you can have more problems one way or one problem that causes a huge issue the other. You know, and you bring up a very valid point. You know, do you have all your, your tech tools in one basket? Maybe not. But I think what you do, and we've talked about this on the Cyber24 uh, podcast before, and that is you, you test, uh, you throw scenarios, uh, do tabletop exercises, 
at your system and say, hey, look, what if we lost all connectivity between systems? If we lost connectivity to the internet, you know, what, how do we get in and out of buildings? They probably didn't ever consider that that might be part of the fallout is that their badge access would no longer work. And so, so I'm sure they are scrambling right now to figure out a way, a backdoor around for their own employees to come in. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have systems in the state servers and whatnot that if you lost network connectivity and you lost a uh, network in one area, you have another backdoor, what a, a lights out kind of system that you can still administer service servers. And so you have to have those contingency plans in your DR plan, your tabletop exercises. That's what businesses need to be doing is, is going through these scenarios and just say, Hey, hypothetically, what if, we lost internet connectivity. What if we lost connectivity between all of our branches? Or what if we lost connectivity to the internet? Or what if we saw all of our data exiting the front door? What are those? What would what would our response be? And so that's why you need to run those scenarios as often as you can. You know, having a at least a, a quarterly or or a, a, a maybe twice a year a kind of tabletop exercise get all the players in a room together just and run that drill and see what happens. Smart businesses right now are probably looking at what happened to Facebook and saying, Hey, let's learn from their problem. What do we need to review in our own contingency plans yeah. that would look like that? Cause you're saying, Hey, Facebook clearly, or at least evidently did not think about what happens if we can't open the doors to physically get in. <laughs> so there are probably a lot of companies going, Wait, is that in our plan? Do we, have we figured that out? Have we thought that through? I would imagine that a smart company right now is saying, here's a highly publicized incident. Let's go double check our plan and reference it against the, the concerns that pop up from watching them. Yeah. Or, 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 and, and also, I think what companies may do to also learn from Facebook, is there an out-of-band option? Kind of what I was saying about administering some of our servers here. Is there another out-of-band option? If, you, if the network goes down, do you have a, a, a separate way to get in and through a backdoor, through things that, um, that only your networks can get to? Or even once you get into the building or have access to that building, is there another way to, to fix the, the problems? And so I think you're right. I think a lot of companies should be taking notes about Facebook's response. And, and actually, they've been very vocal about what, what happened and what they're doing. And so it's, it's a really good uh, use case on how businesses may learn from uh, a tech giant like Facebook and how they might improve their own systems. You know, servers are a key component to keeping your business up and running, but when was the last time you stopped to think about the security features on those servers? Hewlett Packard Enterprises has you covered. Introducing the world's most secure standard servers, Gen 10 servers from HPE. Maximize performance, achieve more in the same time, and lock down security features right down to the silicone. Gen 10 security features work at the firmware level, utilizing customized HPE silicon. Each Gen 10 server has a unique individual fingerprint, meaning that your server will not boot unless the firmware matches the print, locking the server end to end. Valcom is ready to help you refresh old outdated server hardware. As a long-standing HPE Platinum partner, they have the skills and the expertise to help you maximize data center efficiency without stretching the budget. Learn more about HPE Gen 10 security protection at vlcmtech.com slash gen 10. That's vlcmtech.com slash gen 10. 
Allowing your employees to bring their own devices is a lot like allowing them to bring a security time bomb into work. So how do you take the burden of onboarding so many new devices off your IT department without sacrificing security or policy enforcement? Look no further than Aruba ClearPass. ClearPass allows you to safely connect business and personal devices to your network in compliance with your security policies. It also allows you to access devices based on users' roles, device type, and cybersecurity posture. At Valcom, they're all about saving you time while still protecting your privacy. Dismantle your time bombs at vlcmtech.com slash clearpass. That's vlcmtech.com slash clearpass. As the minutes rolled into hours on this, Facebook uh, you know, clearly had more than just a tech problem on its hands because they could watch their stock price dropping uh, quickly. <laughs> if you go back and look at what the stock did that day, and, and hasn't, you know, the time of this recording has not recovered. You know, by some estimates, Mark Zuckerberg lost somewhere between six and seven billion dollars himself that day. That's yeah. a bad day at work. That's a and, bad day. Know, and, and that stock price is still, like, like I say, just as we're recording this, it's still down in the ballpark of forty-five to fifty dollars a share. Uh, you know, it has not recovered, and we're a few days beyond the incident at this point. It just shows, I think, uh, for companies who are watching, companies who did not have to suffer through this, but are trying to, as we said, learn from the uh, problems of Facebook, uh, just how much a cyber incident can cost. And not just in, hey, we got hit with ransomware and we've got to pay a ransom and we've got to deal with regulators and so on. But the very fact that your business gets interrupted, there is a cost to that even in this case where there's not an outside attack. Is that one of the biggest lessons people should take from this? I, I think it is one of the biggest lessons. I think you should quantify as you're trying to build resiliency into your systems. Think, hey, what is the cost for me to build in that, that resiliency or that, that out-of-band administration option? Or, or how, how much does it cost me to have these employees going through a tabletop exercise? There are costs to those options. But on the other hand, just like you said, if if you lost six billion dollars, seven billion dollars in in six hours, uh, yeah, that's that's a you can start to quantify the cost of doing these resilient efforts or the cost of these tabletop exercises and compare that to you know these these costs from being down for six hours, you know. And I I know the stock exchange they look at it as outages in seconds or even milliseconds, how much that costs them to be down for that kind of time. You know, they were down for five, six hours. Uh, can you imagine if the stock exchange were down for that long? I mean, that that's tough to quantify, but that's why you start to look at as you're, as you're putting together a resilient plan for, you know, your, your network for your, your systems, you know, your, uh, a DR site, uh, or you're running a tabletop exercise, you're doing all these things, you're running the gamut and you don't, and you look at it. Yes, that's going to cost me something, but the alternative, like you say, is, is much more severe. And in many cases, it's, it's certainly worth the, worth the juice or worth the squeeze to, um, to go after that. Math is not my forte, but $7 billion over six hours, that's more than a billion dollars an hour. Wow. Nice job, Marty. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. I nailed that one. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that we, when we talk about that and you think about it in terms of here's what the impact was to Facebook itself, right? And, and some numbers and ever, a lot of news stories were quick to kind of quantify that. But there's an interesting extens extension to this uh, because there are businesses 
because of the nature of Facebook, there are so many businesses that rely on Facebook as a platform to run their business. So the actual impact to this economy-wide, whether that's in the U.S. or just worldwide, what, where, what that impact was, even to just a, like a solopreneur, right? Someone who makes a, some kind of handcrafted thing at home and sells it online, that was six hours that they didn't know exactly what was going on in the six hours when they couldn't sell anything. So there is a, a big ripple effect to this. Um, boy, there's more of a cost to this than just the stock price for Facebook. Something I, I you're right. I didn't even consider that, but yeah, there, you know, Facebook marketplace, you know, that's a huge place for people to, to make a living. And so people, yeah, their livelihoods were wrapped up in that six hours. And I didn't even consider those kinds of costs uh, as part of that. So, so those will be ongoing for, uh, for Facebook to kind of recover and, and, and regain that trust for, to allow people to repost in there. So that, that could be a long lasting kind of recovery for them and for people now that may be considering other options to, to uh, peddle their wares. And so that really is going to be an interesting thing to see what kind of long-term impact that has on maybe Facebook marketplace or, or, you know, other, other op- opportunities. You know, I think Oculus would, may have been affected too. So the gamers out there, they, they were struggling. I, what, what are they going to do with all their extra time now that they have the, the Oculus Rifts down or, or whatever? No, I'm, I'm joking, but, but yeah, I, I wonder if that, if it's possible to quantify the loss in the industry, I, it probably even tweaked our GDP just a little bit because of that, uh, that little six hour outage. We'll yeah. have to see. Well, what's amazing is, you know, if you go back and I'm trying to think, what is the name I, I'm blinking on at the moment? The, the name of the movie that uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote that was about, was it the social network? I think it was the name of the movie about uh, Facebook's founding. And- uh, what's that? Well, yeah, was it? I, I can picture the movie. I can't remember. Yeah. Movie. Well, one of the lines in there, you know, you know, there's a part of the movie where the the character of Mark Zuckerberg sort of says, "We, you know, we don't go down. We don't crash. We don't go down. That's that's the thing is that we can't be down for even a minute." And here they were down for six hours. And what is that impact then, not only on them and on those uh, companies that sort of rely on Facebook, but reputation becomes something that's a really interesting one here. And I noticed, and I think a lot of people did, because if you're on a number of social media platforms and suddenly you couldn't get on Facebook and I'm look, I'm in my early forties, Facebook is not a place that I spend a great deal of time, but Instagram, you know, is, is sort of a boredom go-to. And so that was down, but I I was on Twitter and uh, the Twitter folks were having just a heyday, uh, you know, knocking, yeah. not, you know, poking fun. There were memes and there were jokes about Facebook, but there was sort of this swell as well of like, Hey, look, we're surviving without this. This thing has a number of, uh, this thing, meaning Facebook is sort of a monster that causes different types of division and problem in our society. And there was this movement of like, Hey, this is a great way to realize, go delete your Facebook. Now, I don't know how many users they may have actually lost as a result of that, but you know, a social network, uh, a social media network is something that is only held up by the fact that people participate on it, right? So right. if they, they may have 5 billion users and they may have whatever, a billion active users or whatever those numbers may be, but if tomorrow, for some reason, they all decided we're off, <laughs> yeah. It, the, the whole thing comes crashing down right now, you know, they do what they can do to try to make sure that doesn't happen. But I think that just the, the fact that you're down for six hours gives people a chance to go, 
hey, is this a positive thing in my life or not? <laughs> and you know, a dip in number of users has uh, a relatively immediate impact on on a revenue stream for a company. So I thought that was an interesting aspect to think through as well. No, that, that's going to be interesting. I, again, I, it'd be really interesting to see if somebody conducts a study on the fallout of this and uh, and just to see what kind of economic impact there are there was. I mean, certainly there's a reputation that's kind of on the line. You kind of mentioning the the bantering we, between you know the Twitter folks and Instagram folks, maybe or not Instagram at the time, but some of the banter that goes on. So there's there's that kind of reputation at stake. But yeah, the 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 ongoing reputation with what you do with Facebook, what you do on in their marketplace, you know, do you go elsewhere? Does it have a, a long lasting effect? Probably. And so it's going to be interesting to see if somebody ever tries to quantify that kind of economic or financial impact to the company. Mm-hmm. That movie, the social network uh, debuted in 2010. doesn't seem like oh, an 11 wow. year old yeah. movie, but that was uh, a great show, by the way. I, I really yeah, did. Yeah. You know, I, I, one ranking that I listened to uh, in the last year or so ha- had that as the number one movie of the 2010s. So, wow, yeah, it was a really good movie. Uh, but uh, you I was going to say too, uh, those things they said are are have impacts on what happened over the last week. Yeah. So, and and actually, com- this uh, one more point I was going to bring up as we we're talking about uh, what companies might learn from this, and mm-hmm. that is when you are developing an SLA or service level agreement with a provider, they'll give you how many nines that that you are up. And so, if you're up four nines, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, and then they don't meet that SLA, you have recourse with that company. And so, as you sign that SLA, you might ask them how many nines, you know, if they give you three nines, four nines, five nines. I know, you know, Zuckerberg, he's always looking for, you know, infinite number of nines, 100%. And um, I I think that this is also a lesson that people might consider. Oh, I never baked that into my SLAs. I'm going to make sure that I have four nines with my partner here as, you know, because they know the impact of their bottom line if they're down even for, you know, a few hours. So make sure that you have something like that in your SLA that you're, you're up for four nights. All right. As we wrap up for this episode, I want to thank Mike Hussey for taking some time to be with us. I also want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They actually become an extension of your IT team. So whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and the engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at vlcm.com. That's vlcm.com. Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute at the University of Utah, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and our friends at Secubond. You can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can follow us on Facebook, at least when it's up. Hit us up in either place. Let us know what you think on the show or if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. That's where you can let us know uh, what your position is. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe online.